Praise God. Judges chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Verse number 3. And so it was when Israel had sown, when Israel had sown, that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. So the enemy knew that at harvest time, they would come up from their location. It was like they, they left them alone all year until the harvest was about to begin. And Israel, knowing this, they sowed anyways. And the Bible says, and as they encamped against them, they destroyed the increase of the earth. Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. Verse number five. For they came up with their cattle and with their tents, and they came up as grasshoppers for a multitude. For they both and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. Two more verses. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. Or when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. Verse number 8. Let's read one more. That the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from the house of Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I want to preach to you for the next few moments uh, with the help of the Holy Ghost on this subject, the spirit of Midian, the spirit of Midian. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands one more time? And would you just ask that heaven would have his will and his way in this place here tonight? Would you really lift your voices just for a few more moments? Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Lord, we love you. We call upon your name here tonight, for we know that you are great and that you are greatly to be praised, Lord. Anoint me from the top of my head down to the soles of my feet. Give me clarity of thought. Allow me to deliver exactly what you want me to deliver in this room. Take dominion over anything that would be a hindrance against this service right now. And Lord, the gift of faith is already present in this room. I pray that it would continue to magnify, oh God. Lord, that you would confirm this word with signs following. So what I want you to do, if you're comfortable, would you join with the person next to you for the next few seconds? And would you really lift your voices right now? Would you just call upon the name of the Lord? Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on. Come on. Lift your voices while you're linked up with that person next to you. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Come on. Just for a few more seconds. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. One more time. Would you clap your hands and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. 
Amen. 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 You can be seated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Midian is this people that they are, in my opinion, the lowest of the low. Because they would allow God's people to sow into the earth. They would allow them to do the work of sowing. And right at harvest time, Midian would come and they would stomp out the increase of the earth. And the hand of Midian that came against Israel was so strong that the Israelites made themselves caves and dens and strongholds. And they made these things to protect themselves from the adversary. But I believe that it became more of a prison than it was anything else for them. I believe that we as the church of the Most High God have to understand now more than ever that we are not meant to be confined to the four walls of any building. I believe that. Uh, now, we have to understand that when I say this, I'm not saying uh, that our churches have become prisons because I don't believe that. But we have to be careful that the only time that we are not being apostolic and the only time that we are not professing faithfulness in the things of God is when we're in the house of God. Because I believe, now listen, the church is called to be a storehouse, not a harvest field. Now I'm going to say that and I, I want to I I I clarify what I'm trying to say there. I believe that we have made the churches the place where we have the harvest, where we do the sowing, and where we do the storing. And that's not God's plan for this place. This place is where we're supposed to store the harvest. And we can't allow the four walls of the building to become a prison of the gospel because this thing is supposed to break out of the four walls and it needs to go up and down this come on and into every job into every neighborhood into every person that you come in contact with that is what the gospel and the church is meant to be the church is not a building the church is a people you're the church someone say i'm the church and they made themselves these dens and these strongholds and they confined themselves to the, 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 the caves and, and that was never God's intention for his people. His people were not supposed to ever be cave dwellers. They were supposed to be land takers. You're not supposed to be a person that is confined to a building. You're supposed to be the person that has taken territory for the kingdom everywhere that you go. I believe your job is supposed to be territory for the kingdom. Your family is supposed to be territory for the kingdom. Your house is supposed to be territory for the kingdom. Your school is supposed to be territory for the kingdom. Everywhere you go as the people of God, so too should you be taking that land. 
Glenn Ferris doesn't belong to anybody but the people of the Most High God. I'm sick of this man. It doesn't belong to drugs. It doesn't belong to poverty. It doesn't belong to the coal mines. It doesn't, but no, it belongs to you, child of God. This land belongs to God, and it's God's intention for us to have a harvest in this land. And it is the spirit of Midian that understands that right when there is about to be a harvest, he releases the Midianites to come and steal the increase of the earth. Now you've got to think about that, that the Midianites would come right at harvest time. And I believe that there is a spirit of Midian that comes against churches right at the point of harvest. And, and, and it has bred a frustration within the body of Christ because right when we're about to have what God intends for us to have, the spirit of the area comes and it seems like it robs us of our increase and it robs us of our harvest harvest but I believe that before this service is over that that spirit can and will be broken now I don't find it peculiar I don't find it peculiar that they brought with them the children of the east and they brought with them the Amalekites now you have to understand that the Amalekites are the descendants of Amalek Amalek is a descendant of Esau Esau is type and shadow of the flesh now you have to go into a, a little bit of study to find out but that, but when you start looking into the, the prophecies about Jacob and Esau and it says Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. Uh, Jacob is a type and a shadow of when you and I are born again of water and of spirit. Jacob is a type of what happens when we're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and Esau is a type of the old man. Esau is a type of your flesh. Esau is a type of the man that you used to be. I also don't find it peculiar that the children of the east as you begin to study who the children of the east were, they believe that the children of the east in this text is actually the Ishmaelites. Now, you have to know who Ishmael is. Ishmael is the son of Hagar that we talked about last night. Hagar is the woman that Abraham was offered from his wife Sarah and it was bred a son that would produce a nation and the nation that would be a contention all the days of God's people's life even today it's Israel or it's Isaac and Ishmael that are at war for the lands of the holy land and so you have to understand that everything that came up against the children of Israel at the time of harvest was actually a representation of their past now I'm going to say that and I need to stop here for just a minute because last night when, when I felt the Holy Ghost spoke to this church and said that God is sending a harvest I began to feel an, an overwhelming sense of inadequacy, an overwhelming sense of we're really not able to have what God wants us to have that is the spirit of Midian and when Midian comes against the church, when God is trying to send a harvest it also comes with a testimony 
of your past telling you you used to be this there's no way God can use you you used to be a drug addict there's no way God can use you you used to be a liar there's no way God can anoint you you used to be this that and the can I tell you that when you were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost you aren't used to be anything you are a new creature in Christ Jesus now we've got we've got we've got a saying that we like to use and we get it from the world because it sure doesn't belong in the church. We like to say they're an ex-drug addict, they're an ex-alcoholic, they're an ex-porn addict, they're an ex-spousal abuser. Let me tell you something. You aren't an ex-anything when you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what the world may call you. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're not the old man that you used to be everything about you is new everything about you is made all things are passed away and all things become new that's what my bible says it's a lie from the pits of hell that you used to you didn't used to be anything you're a blood pie born again heaven bound believer and I rebuke the voice of the enemy whispering in your ear telling you you can't be used by God you can't be anointed you can't be called that is a lie from hell you are called for such a time as this and we're not going to let the voice of your past rob you of this harvest you need to shout unto the Lord right now some of y'all need to break off of who you used to be. Come on, really, let's praise him for just a minute. Really praise him for just a minute. You need to praise him until you get victory over the voice of your past right now. My, 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 my. The voice of who you used to be. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the voice of your past in this room tonight. The voice that would tell you you can't do it, you can never do it, I rebuke it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke it out of your home. I rebuke it out of your mind. I rebuke it off of your family. I rebuke it off of your home in the name of Jesus. It's not welcome here. It's not welcome in this city. It's not welcome on your life. You shall be free from the voice of your adversary. The devil is the father of lies. If the devil's speaking, it's a lie. It's literally, he can't speak truth. When he opens his mouth, if, if the devil's talking, he's lying. Even when he says things that used to be true about you, they aren't true anymore, so it's a lie. You've got to turn that voice down and increase the voice of the Lord in your life. Amen. Someone shout amen. Amen. And, and as Midian comes, it brings these voices with it that want to tell you, you can't have a harvest. But oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. My Lord, have mercy. And as you continue into this study of the spirit of Midian, you will find that with uh, uh, these things as they came into Israel, as they came into the land that they had, that the Bible is very specific the Bible, now I want to say this for just a minute because the Bible says that Israel had sown. Yes. 
in spite of the season and in spite of them knowing that there was going to be an enemy that was going to come and try to take their increase, they sowed anyhow. I want to tell you something. In spite of the condition of the world, the church must not quit sowing seed. You look in Genesis chapter 26 and you start studying the, 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 the lineage or the voyage of Isaac. The Bible opens Genesis chapter 26 and it says that there was a famine in the land besides the first famine of his father Abraham. And Isaac goes down to the valley of Gerar and he sows in the season of famine. And while everybody else is feeling the weight and the hurt and the heaviness of the famine, the Bible says Isaac has a hundredfold harvest. God's people are not bound by the same famines of the world. We are not bound by the same laws of this land when it comes to increase and it comes to harvest. Let me tell you something. You don't need to worry about inflation. God can give you an increase like you've never seen before. You don't need to worry about job cuts. God can give you a job when nobody else is getting a job. My Lord, have mercy. Sabbath, Sabbath doesn't make sense. The seventh year doesn't make sense. Do anybody know what Sabbath is? Sabbath is the seventh day. The seventh day you have to take a rest. Well, also on the seventh year, you had to rest on the seventh year. You could not sow your land on the seventh year. But I'll tell you what you could do. You could eat the wild increase. They, out of nowhere, no seed going into the ground, no seed being thrown, out of nowhere, there would be an increase enough from the earth that would be able to sustain a family through an entire year of them not sowing anything. Let me tell you something. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways. And let me preach to this great congregation and to every person under the sound of my voice you've got to turn off the voice of fear that is being preached from Fox, NBC CBS and everything else you're not bound by those same terms when the world's on its way down the church is on its way up my goodness earlier this year, earlier this year, I was preaching uh, at, a, at a home missions church. The Lord told me to go preach for this home missions church. And it was a very, very tight couple of months for my wife and I. And I'll never forget, um, I'm, I'm, is this all right for a personal story? And, and, and it was a very tight month for my wife and I. We, uh, as an evangelist, you live by faith. It just is what it is. And, uh, and it was a tight month. And we went and preached for this home missions church. And, and the pastor gave me a check. And I said, thank you very much. And I left and I took the check. And the moment the check came into my hand, the Lord spoke to me and said, give it back. I was like, well, Lord, mm. You know better than I know it's been a tight month. What do you mean give it back? I didn't give it back. Can I just be real? Monday comes around. I wake up Monday morning. The first thought across my mind, I said give it back. I still didn't give it back. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. I'm kind of like Gideon. you got to show me multiple times that this is the will of God. I need the fleece wet, the ground dry, and then I need the crown wet and the fleece dry. And I wake up on Tuesday morning. I had already deposited the check, Rev. And the Lord said, I said, give it back. And thank be to God, I didn't spend any of it yet. 
And uh, I, I said, all right, God, I text the pastor. I said, do you have online giving? He said, we do. I said, okay. The Lord said to give you back what you gave me, and I sent it back to him. You hear me. It did not make sense for me to return what the Lord had given me. It did not make sense for me to give that check back. It was a tight time for me. But yet when I sowed it back, you hear me, within 30 days, the Lord gave it back to me at least five times over. At least five times over. You better hear me. When it does not make sense in the world's economy, you have to trust that the economy, I don't know why I'm on this, but I am. You have to trust that the economy that you are a part of is really not of this world. You're a part of an economy that is greater than any economy you've ever been a part of. And God can turn increase up in your life like you've never seen. And when they came up against them, the Bible says that not only did they not have any increase, but they had nothing for their sheep, they had nothing for their ox, and they had nothing for their donkey. And when you read that, you can just skip right past it and miss the typology of what each of those mean. Because when you get to the sheep, you'll learn that when the spirit of Midian comes, it comes for the spirit of sacrifice. Because the sheep represents the sacrifice for the people. you got to hear me. When that spirit comes against the church, it wants to take the spirit of sacrifice out of the body that tells you, I just can't give anymore. I just can't go any further. I just can't make it to the extra night of prayer. I just can't push back that plate for that day of fasting. I just can't go the extra mile. You've got to hear me. You've got to shut the voice of Midian off and say, if we're going to have what God wants us to have it's gonna take sacrifice come on somebody don't get tight on me because I talked about money I'm talking about more than just money right now I'm talking about a sacrifice of your time I'm talking about a sacrifice of your talent I'm talking about a sacrifice of every part of your life And the next thing he came for was the ox. Now you got to understand the ox was the most powerful animal in that day that they knew about the ox. When they put the yoke on the ox, the ox could break ground that other animals couldn't break. The ox had a strength that was willing to press beyond what other things could not endure. You got to hear me. When the spirit of Midian comes against the church at harvest time, it wants to take your strength away. It wants to take your ability to press through the lethargic nature of the world right now. It wants to take it. It'll tell you there's no way that ground will ever see fruitfulness again. But when you have the ideology of the ox, you understand that you've got a strength that can break open ground and make it fruitful again. I don't care if they said you'll never see a harvest. You can see a harvest because you have the strength from heaven. Don't let this spirit of the age try to tell you you don't have strength to do it anymore oh yes you do friend you can break open that harvest field you can break open your job site you can break open your family of lost loved ones that said they'll never saddle the door of an apostolic church oh yes you can oh yes you can Come on, God's going to give us a strength uh, to break open the field again. Uh, Places that you never thought you would see fruitfulness. Uh, The ox uh, can break that ground open. Now, Western culture, we don't like to talk about the donkey. But in that day, the donkey was very important to culture. 
the donkey was almost of the utmost importance. It was the donkey that Jesus chose to ride in on. Because the donkey, now I used to think I was a cowboy. We broke a lot of horses growing up. And I had to deal with a few donkeys. Donkeys are stubborn. Donkeys have a wheel that doesn't like to be broken. I feel like preaching on that just a minute. Donkeys have the ability to press beyond even when it's getting a little difficult. Donkeys have this stubborn nature that says, you're not breaking my will. You're not going to get me to quit now. Can I preach to you today that there's a spirit of the hour that wants to get you to quit? There's a spirit of the day that wants to tell you, don't go back to that apostolic church. Don't you dare go back again. Don't you keep coming. Let me tell you something. When God gets ready to send a harvest, you've got to have a stubbornness about you that says, I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I pray I preach quit off of you today. Don't you dare quit now. Don't you dare throw in the towel. Get that nature back that says, I'm never going to quit pressing. I'm never going to quit. My Lord. I don't like this easy believism that has crept into the world. I don't like this come as you are or leave as you are. There was something about those old time apostolic men. They had a stubborn nature about them. You're not going to get me to leave the doctrine. You're not going to get me to quit. You're not going to get me to turn back now. I got it all from God and if he chooses to take it, I'm pressing toward the mark we got to get the nature that says, I'm never going to quit. I'm never going to let up. I'm never going to stop. I'm going to keep pressing into. It's the nature. And the enemy at harvest time wants to come and it wants to steal that from you. But I pray that there would be something that would rise up in the mind and the hearts of every man and woman under the sound of my voice that says, I'm not throwing in the towel now. Hear me, I know what moved in here last night. I've been doing this long enough now to recognize the spirit of harvest that came into this room last night. And there's going to be voices that come to you that tell you it's not real and it's not now. You can just quit. Don't keep pressing. I say we turn those voices off tonight. And we say God said there's going to be a harvest. You can count on me, pastor. I'll be the Bible study teacher. I'll teach the Sunday school class. I'll witness when nobody else wants to witness. I'll pick up an extra hour of prayer. I'll take the extra day of fasting. Whatever it takes. Says they came up as grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Now the only other time I see the word grasshopper used is when they come in to the land of Israel. The 12 spies, they said that there was giants in that land and we beheld ourselves as grasshoppers. It's a feeling of inadequacy. It's a feeling of I'm not big enough. I don't have the strength enough to do what God is calling me to do. Let me tell you something. None of us have the strength to do what God has called us to do. God isn't looking for you to have it all together. God is looking for a people to release what you've got. Now I'm going to stay here for just a little bit because it's where we're at tonight. God doesn't need you to be perfect. God doesn't need you to have it all together. God doesn't need you to be able to preach a perfect three-point sermon. God just needs you to be willing and a willing vessel he can use. I pray I preach a willingness into you tonight. God needs you to rise up and say, I may not have it all together. I may not be polished, but if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. My Lord, have mercy. 
I love, I love, I love the story of the feeding of the 5,000. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, as a matter of fact. And this is one of the things that I love about it. That when everybody else was counting the cost, there's no way we have enough to do what God's calling us to do. There's no way we can reach this city. There's no way we can feed this 5,000. Just men, including the women and children, somewhere around twenty-five to 30,000. But there was a young man. There was a lad that said, hey, I, I don't have much. I don't really have uh, enough. But I think if you'll take what I've got maybe it'll be a start for the miracle my Lord have mercy and if you read in John I believe it's either chapter 6 or chapter 7 the Bible says that he asked Philip Philip how much money do we got in the bank and Philip says oh Lord there's no way that we could feed this multitude 200 pence worth wouldn't be enough to feed a multitude like this I don't know if 200 pence was all they had in the bag I don't know if 200 pence was all that they had in the bank I don't know but what he was trying to say because the Bible has a beautiful phrase there this said he to prove him what was he trying to prove to him Philip what you've got is never going to be enough I don't need you to be enough I just need you to be willing and I'm here to preach to you tonight God doesn't need you to be enough you may never be able to play the piano you may never be able to beat the drums you may never be able to sing the solo but what you got the kingdom needs and if you'll release what you have God will take it he'll bless it he'll break it he'll multiply it and you'll do more for this revival than you ever thought you could do. Oh, come on. God wants to use you, but you've got to release what you have. You've got to be willing to let go. You've got to be willing to allow God to take you from where you're at and use you to release it. Lift your hands right now and let there be a great spirit of surrender in this house. Come on. Uh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Help us tonight. Break this tonight. Break this tonight. Come on. I'm here to break an ideology tonight. I'm here to come against a mindset tonight. Come on, I feel the fight back from the supernatural. I feel the enemy not wanting you to get what I'm trying to preach to you tonight. I've come tonight to tell you, you are enough and God's going to use you for this hour. God comes to Gideon. He says, hey, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you for this hour. And Gideon says something beautiful. He says, Lord, if you're really going to use me for this hour, then where are the miracles that I heard about from our fathers? How you brought them out of Egypt and how you did the things that you did. Where are those miracles, God, if it's really going to happen? Gideon was asking the question, well, Lord, if you're really who you say you are, and it's really going to be like you said it's really going to be, then when are we going to see the demonstration of the spirit that we heard about from previous generations? And I love God's response to Gideon. 
I want you to look at this. You look in uh, Judges chapter 6 and you look at verse number 13 and he gives him his little dissertation. He says, where be all the miracles which our fathers told of us saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Verse number 14, the Lord ignores his excuse. You got to hear that. He ignores his reasoning and the Lord looked upon him and said, go. You missed it. The revelation of how you're going to see what God wants you to see and how God's going to do what God wants you to do is when you start going. Oh, I feel that right there so strong. What do you mean when I start going? And watch, he doesn't even say, go in my might, Gideon. He says, go in your might. Go in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? My Lord, have mercy. Come help me, Eli. This is what he said. You see, this is what we do. We get in these moments like last night, and the Holy Ghost falls on us. Boom, and we feel, we hear the word of the Lord. God saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is the season that we're in. And then we stand there, and we wait for God to give us the supercharge button. And for you to say, all right, God gave me Superman strength, and I'm ready to go. I can do anything now. But the lesson of Gideon is not that he's going to give it to you when he speaks it to you. My Lord, have mercy. The lesson of Gideon is this. I'm going to give it to you when you get going. My Lord, have mercy. Go to the next verse. So this is what we do. We get a word. This is what we do at our conferences too. We get full of inspiration at the conferences. We hear the preacher get up there. We hear the Charles Robinette, and I believe we're going to see billions. We see billions, and we get charged up in the Holy Ghost. My God, we're going to see billions. We see men like my Uncle Mark, and he's preaching, and he's proclaiming, and, and all of these great men of God, and we hear what God's wanting to do, and then we go home, and we start sucking our thumbs and say, send it on down, Lord. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And God saying that's not how it's going to happen I'll tell you when I'm going to send it I'm going to send it in the going it's in the path of you saying I don't know where to start I don't know how to start I ain't got it all together but I'll tell you what I do have I got a little bit of strength And he said unto him, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? This is what we start saying. Well, Lord, I'm counting the cost. How am I going to do it? How, how are you going to do it? Do you have it all together? Do you have everything you need to do what you need to do? Well, how, how, there's no way that, that us three could do this great task that God has set before us. Don't you know that my, my family is poor in Manasseh? We, we ain't even got two shekels to make a shout with. I, I, have, I don't have anything to, to give. I don't have anything to do. And Oh, and by the way, while, while my family's the least in this tribe, I'm the littlest and the least in my family. Don't you get it, God? I don't have anything going for me I, I'm not real I don't have the right last name I, I didn't go to Bible college well I didn't take a professional singing lessons nobody really taught me how to play the piano nobody's really done the all I am is little old me how could I ever do what you're calling me to do next verse because Gideon when you get going surely I will be with thee Hallelujah. 
we're waiting on it to hit us while the word comes and God's saying, it's going to hit you when you start doing what I've called you to do. And the moment you step out in faith, Peter, you'll learn you really can walk on water. You'll learn you can do things you never thought you could do. But you've got to get moving. And when you get moving, God's saying, now I'm going to endude you. Now I'm going to give you what you've been waiting on. But it's in the path of going that God's going to give you what you're looking for. Surely I will be with thee. Thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. My Lord, have mercy. You're going to do more against this enemy. Just one of you. My Lord. I just need one that's willing to go. I just need one that's willing to do it. I just need one. Man, if we can ever get this youth group to understand the power that they have within them. All I need is one or two young people. All I need is an elder here or there. All I need is a few married couples to say, I may not have it all together. I may not have everything I think I need to get it going. I mean, but let me tell you something. Nothing's going to stop me from trying. I'll take somebody worth trying. Somebody that's ready to go and if you'll get going God will meet you God will do what you my Lord have mercy oh hallelujah it's in the going I said it's in the going surely surely I will be with thee next verse keep going with me just for a second I'm almost done next verse and he said unto him if I have now found favor or grace in thy sight then show me a sign that thou talkest with me next verse and he, I, depart not, I pray thee until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Next verse. I'm about to preach my ever-loving socks off. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid of unleavened bread. I mean, of an unleavened cake. Somebody say of an ephah. An ephah of flour. Now listen to this. An ephah of flour is between 36 and 48 pounds of flour. Now, you got to think about that, okay? Because the sin offering, according to the Levitical law, is the tenth of an ephah. So the sin offering only required 3.6 to 4-something pounds of flour to create the appropriate offering that God would have accepted the sin offering from. So this was not a sin offering. Now, this really should impress you when you start to learn or remember a few verses back that they stole the increase of the land. And so he didn't have anything extra to give. Now, I did a little study. So, math teacher, help me out on this. If it's somewhere between 36 and 48 pounds, the average there, I believe, is 42. And so you take 42. Okay, so let's say he had 42 pounds of flour that he was about to offer God. That 42 pounds of flour, I did a Google search because I don't bake bread. They say it takes anywhere between three and a half to four cups of flour, which averages somewhere out to about one pound per loaf. All right, so if you have 42 pounds of flour, he could have baked 42 loaves of bread. An average man in Israel would eat on a loaf of bread for somewhere around three days. So if I did my math correct, he gave God somewhere around 126 days worth of food. 
while there was nothing to give while the enemy was stealing his increase he gave him everything he had in the reserve now watch that should impress you and it should impress me because the lesson that Gideon teaches us is this is that Gideon was not offering a sin offering Gideon had so much faith in what God was about to do he said I'm not just going to give you enough I'm going to give you everything I've got in reserve because I have so much faith that you're about to send a harvest. I'm not holding anything back. So I wonder what would happen in Glen Ferris. I wonder what would happen in this apostolic church if you friend and if I friend said I'm not holding back in this revival. I'm not holding back in what God's. You can have all of my shout. You can have all of my worship. I wish somebody would join him right now. You can have it all, God. I'm not holding back. I'm Come on, that's it. Go. Go. Don't stop. Don't hold back. Say, God, I'm going to give you everything. Come on, don't stop. Worship. Don't stop. Worship. Just worship. Come on, that's your normal. That's your average. How about you give him your everything? Come on now. Come on, that's what you normally give him. I wonder what would happen in this room if you went beyond. I wonder what would happen in this room if you said, I'm not holding back. I'm not keeping anything in reserve. I'm gonna give God everything I got. I'm gonna give God everything I have. How dare some of you young men let her run alone? Come on. This is not emotionalism. This is a moment where God's looking. Who's ready to be the Gideon of the hour? Who's ready to give him everything? Who's ready to loose it? Who's ready to go to another level? Come on, that's it. Just worship. That's it, just worship. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. You're breaking it right now. You're breaking the spirit that's robbed of harvest. Come on. You're breaking that voice in your mind that tells you you can't have it. Oh, yes, you can. Come on, don't stop. Go ahead. You're waiting on something. I, I'm telling you, it's here right now. 
Go ahead, do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Come on, step out. Don't wait on me to give you another piece of instruction. I'm asking you right now, go and give God what you feel right now. If you feel to give him a hand clap, clap your hands. If you feel to go in the intercession, go in the intercession. If you feel to step out of the aisle and come down to the altar and dance before the Lord, just do what you feel. Because if you'll give God what you will give him right now, he will release the heavens upon Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Loose your voice. Come on, that's it. Come on, Apostolic Church of Glen Ferris, loose your voice right now. Come on, we got to take the muzzle off tonight. Come on. Come on, do what you feel. Some of y'all feeling to pray for somebody. Grab them by the hand. Maybe God's going to use you tonight to be the conduit to victory. Just flow in the Holy Ghost for the next little while. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, that's it, do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. There's a divine witness of God's spirit in this room right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, there's a few more of y'all feeling the nudge from the Holy Ghost right now. Just flow in it. Do whatever you feel. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Just do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. That's it. Come on, there are miracles in this room right now. There are deliverances in this room right now. Come on, that's it. Just flow in the Holy Ghost. Just do what you feel. Just do what you feel. Come on, let's just pray for one another. Let's move in the Spirit right now.
Come on, come on, every hand lifted all across this house. Every hand lifted. I want you to lift your voice now higher than your hand. Come on, I want you to really lift your voice. Hear me, I'm not just asking you to lift your voice for the sake of volume. You're speaking to that spirit right now. You're declaring to the spirit world, you can't have this harvest. Come on, come on, be the Gideon right now. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Don't stop, don't stop, press in, press in, join with somebody next to you, look across this crowd and find somebody to pray with, don't stop, people are receiving the Holy Ghost, people are receiving breakthroughs, why? This is your hour, this is your day. Surrender to that wave that's coming in here right now. Surrender to that. That's it.
On every hand lifted right now, we're going to pray, and I feel like God's going to touch this man's body. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voices all across this house. Every voice says the body of Christ, we're going to join together right now. Come on, don't be silent. Pray for it.